How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into it. And so uh, today's podcast, I want to talk about uh, something that is going to be kind of philosophical, I guess. Not really, but this is my interpretation of what separates humans from pretty much any other species on the planet Earth. So a lot of people want to use the, the argument that, you know, we have consciousness and other animals don't, which I, there's no way of really testing that. I mean, uh, we would have to be able to mind read animals and also understand completely what their way of communicating means. (laughs) So that one's going to be a long ways away before we can test that. But you can, I mean, I love animals. Like animals are one of my favorite things of all time. Every time I would go to a farm or, you know, from people's pets, they're whatever it is, I just love animals. Um, any kind of animal, honestly, from insects all the way up to just the most wildest of mammals. But um, this love of creatures, you tend to see that obviously clearly animals can sense some form of fear, pain, anger, happiness. And so just because you can show emotion doesn't necessarily mean you have some form of consciousness, but I feel like sometimes when you have animals that, especially when animals look into a mirror, there's certain animals that can recognize themselves in a mirror. And uh, there has to be some form of idea of what they're looking at. Um, So consciousness is not what separates humans from other animals. I don't think it's that. Um, Our ability to use tools to manufacture things and create items, I don't think as well is a form of way of, of thinking how, we can separate ourselves from other animals because there are animals that can make tools to, to hunt, to assist themselves with whatever they need and from shelter to food to um, just a basic instinct of survival. You know, there are animals out there that have been able to show tendencies to create things and then use it to help them with whatever they need. So I don't think it's tools. I think the thing that separates us is that we're the first species on the planet Earth that has taken upon ourselves to uh, not wait for Mother Nature to evolve us into um, creatures that ideally we would like to be in. So, for instance, there's animals out there that are capable of communicating for hundreds of miles away from from one another. And we're talking about, like, uh, specifically, like, aquatic creatures underwater to able to make... Um, sounds that can be pretty much heard from large distances within within water. I mean, so loud that even you know underwater buoys and submarines and uh, equipment that we use can essentially pick up the the noise that these creatures are making. It's that loud, and so uh, there are also creatures that have learned how to fly to to get to higher heights to help them have an advantage over their predators and their prey. Um, I, you name it. If you look at the animal kingdom, there's a million different uh, unique abilities from camouflage to problem solving to, to pheromone communications. I mean, literally it's it's so insane to think about like protection, hard shells, spikes, poison, venom, um, fangs, claws. I mean, you name it fur, um, so many different animals and and they each have their own unique aspect of what just allows them to survive and and thrive in the areas that they're in. 
for humans, um, as we evolve from whatever our ancestors were, um, we started to individualize ourselves in a sense that we started uh, creating tools, weapons, and these weapons were uh, able to assist us with a weakness of ours, which is our inability to pretty much kill a large creature with our bare hands. I mean, you could probably kill a small creature, but even then, most of the time, they're very nimble. To catch one is you're wasting too much energy to catch a creature. You're, you're more than likely going to die doing that. So evolution forced us to really use our brain more so than anything else to create tools to assist us with, you know, gathering food and and developing shelter. Because, I mean, honestly, when you compare us to other animals, we're pretty fragile. Uh, I mean, we're, we can get injured by the most basic of things. You know, we'll die to most any type of poisons or venoms <laughs> or we'll, we'll lose a limb at least to them. Um, you get scratched, you know, hard enough or in the right place, you're, you're done for. So we really had to utilize the only thing that we had, which wasn't our brute strength, which is one of the reasons why I don't tend to focus on like working out and getting super fit and getting super buff. To me, I don't understand why people do that outside of like, it's a necessity for their career. Like if you get super I'm not talking about being fit. Being fit is one thing, but getting like super big to me doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You're you're pretty much spending all your calories on growing your muscle. And I think the most important muscle, if you look at what separates us from most animals, like I said, is your brain. If you're not spending enough time um, working that, uh, you know, that, and I'm not saying this is going to come off as if like I'm saying like people that work out extensively don't have intelligence. I'm not saying that, but someone that takes the same amount of time and intensity to focus on working out their brain, no one's going to argue that that person's probably going to have an, uh, a head um, of someone else that's taking that same amount of time and that intensity to put it towards their body mass. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say that people aren't intelligent that work out. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm, what I am saying is that if you take two people and you give them a, a X amount of time to work out a specific muscle group and group A is doing it on problem solving, analytics and all of that. And then you give the other group, um, the, just the, the gym, uh, workout exercises and pretty much every dumbbell that exists. And then at the end you give them a, um, an intelligence score or like a, not an intelligence score, but a, a, an exam that really tests your critical thinking, which is a requirement. You have to have an ability to problem solve to really do anything in life. Honestly. I mean, when you think about just almost any situation that you're in that you're not ideally favoring it, that's a problem. And if you don't have the ability to solve the problem, then you're stuck having that problem or you could just try to avoid it. But most of the time, your problems follow you. And so if you have no ability to solve the problem, then, I mean, you're, you're stuck with it. So uh, that's why I, it, it's never made sense to me to, like, to be fit is one thing, but to get, like, super big has never made any sense. Because, I mean, and nowadays, there's no need for it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, like I said, unless you're in a career path where that's required. Like, if you're a fitness instructor and that helps you sell your brand and your image, fine. That's one thing. If you're working in construction or an area where endurance is required, 
fine, that makes sense. You know, I'm not going to, but when I see people that just get big, just to get big, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, um, I don't know. We could talk about that another time, but anyways, um, I think what, what separates us from other creatures and going back to that conversation is that our, our ability to recognize our weaknesses, which we have a lot of, if you really think about it, we have a ton of weaknesses as humans. And instead of waiting for mother nature to kind of, um, naturally select people that their genes and, and wait for generations, like evolution doesn't, the only creatures that evolve rapidly are viruses or bacteria. And the only reason they're able to do that is because there are literally billions of them dying and uh, surviving every second of every single day. Literally, bacteria and viruses are attacking each other all the time. I mean, bacteriophages are essentially viruses that attack bacteria. And there's an ongoing battle constantly where these creatures are just having to evolve all the time. That doesn't happen to humans. We don't get obliterated by the billions every second. That's just impossible. We would be extinct within three seconds, pretty much, but, um, or six seconds. Um, so essentially the only form of, uh, for humans to really evolve is to just mom and dad procreate, make a baby. And then that baby procreates with someone else's baby or not like baby, but like that generation procreates and then makes another generation, another generation, another generation, then essentially it takes hundreds, if not thousands of years for humans to evolve from where they were before to where we're at now. And you can see some signs of, of us still kind of evolving. There are people, for instance, that are born without wisdom teeth because essentially we used to require wisdom teeth, but we don't need them anymore. Um, there's other, uh, other things that people just don't need and, and they're born. Some people are born without, but I, I can't remember what, um, But yeah, so essentially uh, we could wait for natural selection to happen, but humans with our ingenuity have been very observant in our ability to be conscious of our weakness. And and consciousness is such a complex subject to even talk about, by the way. In itself requires its own podcast because a lot of people take for granted the ability to just think about whatever you want to think about and and to, to create ideas out of just seemingly nowhere out of whatever and just to reflect on your life and your future and where you are that ability to, to do that is pretty amazing but again i we don't know yet if that's something that's just unique to human beings but the power with us focusing so much on our our ability to recognize our weaknesses and also have consciousness has allowed us to use this problem solving abilities that we have to essentially look at every single weakness that we have and challenge that. For instance, look at just communication. Back, way back in the day, humans communicated in very, I mean, basic means of just grunts and that we know, that we think of. I mean, obviously we have no time machine to look back at time, but there's a lot of evidence to show that there at least wasn't written language for a large portion of humans, for uh, humans' history. You know, we only can go so far with written history. That's why it sucks. The only way we're able to understand older civilizations because we just look at the remnants of what they left behind uh, with their tools and and their um, their campfires that they have and like remnants of these things. But outside of just them writing things or drawing on a wall, we'll never know exactly what these people were thinking. And even then, 
we still have to have an, a way to interpret and translate these ideas. Some, some things we see, we just don't even know what the context of the words are. That, that stuff fascinates me. But anyways, humans for a long time, it took a while for them to evolve and, and to, to grasp written language, which was like drawing depictions of, of things that happened in our lives. That's those cave paintings that you see where people, you see hunters hunting animals and they're depicting essentially what their day-to-day lives are. And then eventually it evolved to, well, I need to get information to another person where they're able to, like in another tribe where they're, they're able to understand these things. And that's where written language on a manuscript eventually evolved to. And, you know, segue into thousands of years later in our old millennial time period, or not millennial time periods, excuse me, our old revolutionary history. I'm just talking about America, but any civilization, modern civilization that had some influence from Europe, you know, these people were writing letters pretty much. Can you imagine there were people that thought that their significant others were dead because they would write a letter this letter would then have to be postmarked. And the value people's words had back in the day is nowhere near the same anymore. Like so many people take for granted the fact that you could just communicate with anywhere. And that's eventually that's where I'm going to get to with this conversation. But yeah, take for granted that you can communicate with anyone instantaneously at almost any point as long as they have some form of, of internet access. You're able to just send them an email, send them a text. You know, you don't even need internet access. You just need cell phone coverage. Even if you don't have that, I mean, television, most, most humans on planet Earth, unless you're indigenous, which is like 0.01% of the people on, on this planet, have some form of access to some kind of technology nowadays, some kind. I mean, if it's a basic cell phone, even then, like if I really found out that person's phone number, I could send them a text and communicate with them. And we take for granted that. So we don't really put too much value behind our words. We'll just say, hey, like, what's up? Or, hey, what are you doing today? Imagine like people back 200, 300 years ago um, essentially had to think for a long time what they wanted to write on this piece of paper because in their mind, they did not know if that paper was ever going to arrive to that person and it would take months for some of these documents to get to people, especially like, for instance, if you lived on the Western Hemisphere, like here in in North America or South America and your relatives lived in Europe and they were trying to write you a letter. <laughs> oh my God. Like try writing a letter nowadays to someone in China. I mean, even like if you're from the Western hemisphere nowadays, our shipping is pretty fast, but even then it's it's probably going to take a week. Now imagine without airplanes or any of that and everything's being shipped by boat. And in the moment that boat docks somewhere, uh, uh, someone on a horse has to get on this horse and hold your mail with other people's mail ride through treacherous terrain. They can have a personal accident. Uh, They could have a heart attack while they're doing this, die out in the middle of nowhere trying to get this mail to many different cities and it gets lost or they get ambushed by indigenous people and and they get killed or uh, something happens, the bag opens and, and some of the mail flies away and the mailman doesn't have time to go look for your mail and just gathers whatever mail. Imagine something that you spent so much time putting so much words, like if you were trying to reach out to your your loved ones or a family member and you're trying to let them know that you're still alive and you write and, or even like when there was wars going on between Europe, like British like or uh, European countries, 
and some of your mail would just get obliterated on the ship because of either a weather impact or some kind of like attack on on the carrier ship or pirates raided the 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 ship i i mean if you're not getting the point there was so many ways that your mail could have just gotten lost and if a, that happened enough times you were pretty much declared dead and in the other in the other country there have been famous astronomers that were thought to be dead only to show up later and to see that their um place in history was replaced by someone else that was trying to pretty much replicate their experiments or battles that were fought because the fact that a piece of mail just never made it to where it needed to go or wars that continued to go even though peace treaties were signed weeks uh, weeks ago like for instance uh, a famous a famous instance was the war of 1812 uh, here in the United States where essentially the uh, Great Britain after we became the uh, United States of America was really taking advantage of American citizens and um, they started to put like an uh, embargo on some products of ours. And then when we weren't choosing to pay for the embargo, they would essentially take Americans off their ships and then enroll them into British military. And eventually America got so tired of it that they declared war on the UK. And when we did this, essentially the UK came and this is after, you know, we won with the help of the French to become America. The UK came here and, tried to pretty much i mean they didn't their their purpose wasn't to try to take america back they this but they wanted to leave a message to america and so it went as so far as that they made it to washington dc and burnt dc down a lot of people don't know this history but you know like the white house for instance was burned down once before um by the british and then for some reason somehow a random tornado appeared it was a tornado or hurricane i think that appeared in in um that part of Virginia that's rarely has ever happened in the history of that area and was able to blow out a lot of the fire and, and we were able to kind of rebuild Washington DC. But after all of this, essentially America and the UK were kind of tired of this war that wasn't leading anywhere. So they essentially signed a treaty and that treaty just put everyone back to normal. There was no, no gains from it. Nothing was, well, I mean, people were lost and property was damaged, but no like land was given up after this war. But after signing that treaty, three weeks later, there was still a battle going on in New Orleans. And that's where Andrew Jackson, um, who eventually became one of our presidents, made a name for himself because he defeated the British in the Battle of New Orleans. But that battle happened after we had already signed the treaty to end a war with the UK. <laughs> three weeks later, like New Orleans and Washington, D.C. I mean, if I send mail nowadays, I can get it there in like a day if I wanted to, to do overnight shipping. And imagine it took three weeks to get this piece of paper to to them. And imagine if those mail carriers were to die. And so the point that I'm coming across or getting to is that humans have recognized that we cannot live in civilization with our weak, our weak ability to communicate. I can only yell so far and that's only so efficient. So we essentially develop technology all the way up to, you know, now we have the internet, like I said, cell phones and everything of that nature where we can instantaneously communicate. And so that's one aspect. Um, travel, you know, are, we could have, back in the day, we walked so many miles, or ran actually, we were super fit back in the day, but we ran so many miles. And, um, but if we didn't have enough food to sustain us, we would eventually pass away. 
And imagine now when we were able to to develop agriculture and to um, the Europeans were able to um, what's the word I'm looking for domesticate horses, for instance, and we were able to take advantage of horses. And now we didn't have to run ourselves, and that made such a huge impact in in, in battles. And so speaking of battles, even weapons, think about like, you know, you can only do so much with your hands. So we start off with bows and arrows or spears, but those were super inefficient, required you to be so close to someone. Now we have nuclear missiles that we could send to other countries and obliterate masses of people, guns that can shoot for thousands of, of, of um, feet away to, I mean, missiles. What I'm trying to get to and I don't want to elaborate because this podcast could be go on forever when you talk about every single weakness of, of man. But what really I feel like differentiates us from a lot of other animals or if any, any other animal is our ability to reflect on every aspect of ourselves that we just don't appreciate and to create technology to, um, to circumvent that, that weakness. And ultimately, this will kind of segue into another podcast I had done about, um, man, did, what was that podcast about? I want to say it was about death and how we're really finding really hard to, to ref, um, reverse aging and also reverse death. Yeah, that's what it was. It was about aging. Um, essentially, humans are are even tackling that aspect of ourselves. We recognize that our lives are finite and how do we keep ourselves living forever? The old way of doing it was doing what I'm doing right now, uh, writing in, writing on the wall, putting your name on it, and then hopefully having people find your work and then reading your work or listening to your work. And then that would continue your um, who you are forever. But I mean, essentially you're still physically dead, but at least some part of you is still going on forever. And so there's a saying that's, uh, that said that you die twice in your, uh, that you die twice. The first time is when you die, like in a physical sense. And the second time is when your name is said for the last time. And so um, that's what I'm referring to is like, if you're an author or creator, you can keep yourself alive a little bit, essentially. Or if you've left such an impact in history, you know, people will read about you for forever and ever until written history is lost somehow. Um, but that's, that wasn't enough for humans. Humans wanted to live, live indefinitely. And so we advanced on medicine and now we have technology that, uh, we're working on to be able to upload people's consciousness to a computer so they can definitely live indefinitely on the internet to working on cells and, and gene editing to essentially make us live endlessly forever. And then there are other scientists that are working on ways to end all forms of disease and cancer. Mix those two together. And as long as someone stays in a, in a box for the rest of their lives, isolated away from any form of um, natural disaster, you essentially could live for quite some time until a meteor crash lands on you or a massive catastrophic event happens on this planet. But, I mean, that is a reality that people are working towards and, and scientists are putting their efforts into. And so there's not a single aspect of ourselves that we're not choosing to. And this is why sometimes I love talking about this because when people say that they hate technology, they don't want to understand technology or cell phones or computers. You're really taking for granted what you have in front of you because this is efforts and, 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 and hundreds of thousands of years 
of human ingenuity that's led us to the point where we have objects that give us instantaneous information to almost any question that we have. I mean, imagine if uh, uh, like Einstein had this 100, 120 years ago, or excuse me, just 100 years ago, um, when he was coming up with um, the theory of general relativity. I mean, oh my God, how far more advanced could this man have been if he had access to, instead of having to get on his bicycle, go to a library and read and look for books. And if his library didn't have the book he needed to get on a, a boat or a, um, an old fashioned airplane, the really cheap ones that you could pretty much die in at any second and travel to another city and look for the book or pay someone millions of dollars to bring the, or not millions of dollars, but a ton of money to bring you this material so you could stay at home. We don't have to do that anymore. I could go online and just search whatever I need, you know, bless Google. I mean, that service is amazing. And so people need to appreciate what's in front of them because essentially this is how we are evolving. We're not homo sapiens anymore. We're techno sapiens. And that's essentially our next step in our race. We're, we're done waiting for mother nature to give us the, the strength that we need to counter the weaknesses that we have. We've, we've learned what we can improve on and, and we're choosing to go ahead and take evolution into our own hands. And so it's really fascinating stuff. When you really sit and, and think about everything that humans have some form of, like if just write every form of weakness that humans have and just read about like where we are as society with tackling those weaknesses, man, we've come a long way and we're nowhere near the end. I mean, this is going on until someone hits a wrong button and everyone dies from an explosion or we create a singularity on earth that doesn't die and we all get sucked into a black hole or some something from outside space like a meteorite or an uh, comet or a gamma ray burst obliterates all of us but until then and until we kill you know ourselves we're essentially still going to keep evolving via technology and i again i think that's what separates man from or humans from the rest of animal rest of the animals that we share this planet with. And so ultimately I just wanted to share that. I, I, I love talking about this with people sometimes because it's like one of the most fascinating things for me to talk about. It's just to see how far humans have come. Especially when you I, I love history. I love science. And so you get to meld those two together for something like this. And then philosophy is just amazing as well. Um but anyways that's that's it for today's podcast. You know, if you want to um, contribute to this conversation in any way or or involve yourself involve yourself into it, you know, shoot me an email, reach out to me on social media. I'm trying really hard to get this whole July challenge out of the way and 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 reaching out to people right now about uh, being guests. And it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be because I'm trying to. Ideally, I would have loved to ever have every single person on. Uh, like every Sunday, like every Sunday for July to have a different guest on. But some people obviously have things that they're doing in their life or, you know, they have other focuses. So it's definitely a challenge, um, but I'm not going to stop working towards that. If it comes off rough, rough the first month, I mean, that's fine. It's, it's probably what's going to happen. Ideally, we're trying something new. So it's probably going to be not that great initially, but I mean, the content will be good because I've, this is number 24, I think. I mean, <laughs> to do this every single day. I've gotten so comfortable now talking into a mic. But 
you know, the, the actual structure of the podcast itself is going to be a little bit different. So we might have some hiccups here and there, but anyways, I just want to thank you guys again for listening to me. I can't wait to catch you guys uh, tomorrow, but as always, see you mañana. Peace.